Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Sunday night, taking you up till 11 o'clock. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show uh, talking a lot about the Sixers tonight. Your takeaways after that big win over the Bucks last night. Without a doubt, one of the most entertaining games of the year. And I'll, I'll, I'll give the Sixers this. Since the All-Star break especially, damn, have they been in some entertaining basketball games. I mean, you look at that Memphis game, the Boston game last Saturday night, um, both Miami games. I mean, the, the first Miami game was was competitive. The second one, which the Sixers kind of ran away with, no Embiid, uh, was kind of a blowout, but I mean the Dallas game with all that offense, and then the game in Milwaukee last night. This team's playing some entertaining basketball games, so uh, there's absolutely no doubt about that. They're back tomorrow night uh, against Indiana. I feel I feel like the Sixers are just playing like every single every single night now. I think they're on Monday and Tuesday this week. I think they got uh, the Pacers tomorrow, and then I believe Minnesota on Tuesday. So. Uh, yeah, they've been playing some entertaining basketball and, and a huge win last night. And um, and people should be excited about it. Like, I'm not telling people not to be excited about that victory. It was a, an exciting victory and a good win for the Sixers. But in the end, I'm not going to lie to you and say that, oh, well, the Sixers beat the Bucks, and now I believe they're a championship contender and they can beat them in a seven-game series. Because I don't believe that. Like, I look at this team, and this is, again— for the sake of tonight's conversation, I'm taking all the external things out of it. I'm taking all the intangible things out of it that we've talked about with the Sixers for years. About, you know, the physical and mental toughness, about the playoff failures. I will, you know, suspend all of that for the moment and just talk about what's in front of us right now. And what's in front of us right now with this team, comparatively, with the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics, is a team that just lacks the depth those teams have. And in the playoffs, that stuff matters. It doesn't matter as much in the regular season. Because in the regular season, you can ride your star players, and you typically need to ride your star players to victories. But in the playoffs, you need a way to, to, to get guys a little bit of a rest. And what has been a huge issue for the Sixers the entire time Joel Embiid's been here, they can't afford to put him on the bench for like any stretch during the playoffs because they don't have a legit backup center. They still don't have a legit backup center. Uh, Their backup center this year is probably going to end up being P.J. Tucker. And, yeah, P.J. Tucker would be fine in that role, but he's a guy who needs to get rest as well. And, you know, you have James Harden, who traditionally is worn down throughout the course of a playoff series. And I look at this team, I don't see how they beat Milwaukee or Boston 
without Embiid and Harden playing 40 to 45 minutes a night. And that's just not that that's not a winning formula. It's not one that's going to that's going to lead to postseason success. This team doesn't have enough depth and I put it on Daryl Morey. And this is where I'm really really annoyed about what Daryl Morey did at the trade deadline or did not do at the trade deadline. Because I know he didn't have a lot of assets at his disposal, okay? I understand that. But you got to do something, man. You got to get somebody in here who's going to help. And Jalen McDaniels, yeah, the kid is a good athlete. One day could be a good basketball player, no doubt about it. Could be a useful NBA player and, you know, a useful playoff player. Because that's the difference. There's a difference between being a useful regular season player and a useful playoff player. George Niang, a useful regular season player in the playoffs. You have him on the floor. You are going to get, he's going to get crushed. He's going to get played off the floor in two minutes, and you're not going to be able to put him out there. And this is a huge problem for the Sixers, and it's why even after that win last night, I come out of it, and I don't have the takeaway that the Sixers are going to beat that team in a seven-game series. Uh, I don't think they're capable of it. I don't think they're capable of beating Boston uh, because those teams are deeper, and in the postseason, that stuff, that depth uh, factor really matters. 215-592-9494 if you want to get on that. Also, the other big news of uh, of the day, the Eagles parting ways with Denard Wilson, the defensive backs coach. I think it was expected, but I was hopeful that the Eagles would be able to bring Denard Wilson back. Um, not that I know a ton about him as a coach. I mean, we've heard good things about him. But more than anything, just the fact that you're losing a significant portion of this coaching staff now. You've obviously lost Shane Steichen. You've lost Jonathan Gannon. You've lost Nick Rouse, the linebackers coach. Now you lose Denard Wilson, the defensive backs coach. I was hopeful that maybe you'd be able to keep him in-house, maybe promote him to a different role, and keep some sort of continuity there. But you've lost a lot of coaches now on this coaching staff. And this is a huge test for Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman, and a test that they failed five years ago after the Super Bowl. When they lost Frank Reich, they lost John DeFilippo. Uh, those guys left for roles elsewhere. DeFilippo to the Jags as the offensive coordinator. And Frank Reich obviously went to Indianapolis to be their head coach. Um, the Eagles failed in that regard. They didn't replace those guys adequately. And that's why that team started to decline the way that it did. The Eagles, one of the things that I believe really factored in to their success this year, obviously they had a great roster and they had an MVP caliber quarterback, but they had a tremendous coaching staff. And I do view it as a concern now. They were losing a bunch of coaches. Not Steichen as much, because you still do have that continuity with Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson, according to all reports, offensive coordinator, you know, coming for years now, and if the Eagles didn't promote him, he probably was going to get a job somewhere else. So I'm less worried about that, but on the defensive side, you're talking about a whole staff now and a lot of new players on that coaching staff. And for as much as people were complaining about Jonathan Gannon, I'll tell you what, the Eagles would be much better off if Jonathan Gannon did not get the Arizona job and was back. Because if Arizona chose not to hire Gannon, the Eagles would have continuity on that coaching staff. And you can think whatever you want about Jonathan Gannon as coach. You can think whatever you want about him and the way he, he handled the Super Bowl. But over the course of the season... He did a good job. Over the course of the season, he put this team, he put those players in position to make plays. And I think it is, you know, a really bad thing for the Eagles now, losing Jonathan Gannon. 
and not having that continuity and now overhauling this entire defensive coaching staff, uh, it's it's going to be a big test for them, and um, we'll see if they're going to be able to to replace those coaches adequately. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Also, our side topic tonight off of an event. I'm not, And if anybody watched this, I'd love to get your take on it. We don't talk uh, MMA too often, obviously, but uh, it was a big night last night as John Jones made his return. One of the best fighters ever. Had been away for three years. Last time he fought was pre-pandemic. And comes back last night, all these questions uh, about whether he's still the same guy, and goes out and submits his opponent in two minutes. And he's the brother of Chandler Jones, great defensive end in the NFL. Arthur Jones, uh, linebacker formerly in the NFL. And off of that, I want great athletic families, very athletic families uh, throughout the course of sports history. Would love to get that from you as well. 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. Uh, 215-592-9494. But I did want to talk a little bit about the Phillies now who, man, it was a rough day down at uh, da- down in Dunedin as they were playing against the Blue Jays. Phillies get rocked 16-4 to in this game. And the big story of it, uh, Zach Wheeler, and it is very rare that you'll see this kind of a line from Zach Wheeler uh, from a pitching perspective. Wheeler today goes one and a third, gives up seven runs on seven hits, uh, that's about as bad as as it gets for uh, Zach Wheeler. Here was Wheeler after the game. His video courtesy of our buddy Tim Kelly at Phillies Nation. Here was uh, Wheeler uh, talking about his his outing. Uh, I mean, it's, it is what it is, right? But um, I don't know. It felt a little rushed, and you know, just throwing the Dixie for the first time, just trying to get on the same page. So it's a little difficult out there today, but uh, you know, felt good. Came out of it healthy and. Before the game was probably the best one I've thrown in a really long time, so that's always a plus. Um, you know, spring, so staying with a grain of salt, it's a good one. So you know, a rough outing for Wheeler, getting used to the pitch clock, the, the new stuff like that. I'm not worried about it. Like it's going to happen. Guys in in spring training are trying different things. Uh, I'm not all that worried about that Zach Wheeler outing. And I think you know, really trying to ascertain any, take any meaningful observations from these early spring training games. It's kind of meaningless. Like, they're fun to watch. It's fun to have baseball back uh, in a way, some form of baseball. But in the end, you know, you you can't you can't really take any meaningful – have any meaningful takeaways that you, you come away with after that. So, Zach Wheeler, I'm not overly concerned about him having a bad outing. His first outing of this spring, um, you know, I think Zach Wheeler will be fine. But what is concerning is what came about uh, on Friday. When Andrew Painter, and this was the big story of spring training, Andrew Painter making his debut on Wednesday, and he looked great. I mean, pitched well, uh, showed the stuff, um, and looked really good. But then comes in uh, complaining about elbow issues. Uh, Here was Rob Thompson giving an update on his young pitcher. I guess the first question uh, on everybody's mind is, do you have any updates on Andrew Painter? We do not. And, um, you know, he he did, as I mentioned yesterday, he went for testing, but – um, we don't have full results yet, and, and when we do, then we'll, we'll announce. So, no results yet, and Rob Thompson said the same thing today, and obviously that was on the broadcast. Uh, he joined uh, Scott, in, uh, Scott in L.A. yesterday. But, I mean, this is concerning. Like, let's not beat around the bush here. Your 19-year-old prize prospect is dealing with elbow issues after just his first start of the spring, 
that's something that's worrisome. And I'll ask you, how concerned are you with the Zach or with the um, Andrew Painter elbow uh, tenderness? Because it's obviously something you worry about, or at least I'm worried about. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. And I think in too many, I think in some ways, we got a little too excited for for Andrew Painter, honestly. Like, the kid has a lot of talent. He obviously has a lot of potential. But let's face it here. Like, typically, there aren't a lot of 19-year-olds going around Major League Baseball right now making an impact. Because they're not ready yet. They're not ready mentally. They're not ready physically. And the Phillies need to be extremely cautious with Andrew Painter. Like, I think they'll be all right if Andrew Painter doesn't contribute at all this year. Would I love to see him up? Absolutely. And I think if he is able to pitch, I mean, I would love to see him with the Phillies because I don't think wasting bullets from him, wasting innings from him down in AAA really provides that much value. Now, obviously, you don't want him in a situation where you're moving him back and forth between starting and bullpen and stuff like that. You don't want to mess with his arm. You need to find a way to have that sort of continuity to or consistency, rather, so that he gets in a routine where he can keep his arm as healthy as possible. But, I mean, this is this is something that you never want to hear. Like, this is something that is scary for a pitcher very early on in his career here, where he starts his first spring training game, comes in with elbow issues, uh, not a good sign. So I want to know how concerned you are with Andrew Painter and his elbow injury. Um I'm certainly concerned with it, but I'm okay with him not contributing this year. Like, if the Eagle or if the Phillies need to be ultra cautious with Andrew Painter, and if they decide, hey, it would just be too much on the arm to have him throwing high stress innings in the major leagues this year, then you you, you got to kind of roll him slow because Andrew Painter's a guy you're looking at for the future. Like, you need Andrew Painter in in three years more than you need him now. Andrew Painter in 2023 is a luxury. He's not a necessity. Andrew Painter's a necessity in 2026 and beyond. Like, that's when you need this guy. So I think the the Phillies need to be ultra-cautious. They need to be conservative how they use Andrew Painter and not be um, too enamored with what he could contribute this year. Obviously, it's something that you look at and it's, it's, it's exciting, but I think we, we, we got a little in front of ourselves with how much he was going to contribute because you just don't see 19-year-olds going around Major League Baseball and, and contributing a whole lot. And I think part of it is is from the physical standpoint, they're not always ready yet. So I want to get your take on Andrew Painter. How concerned are you with the elbow injury right now? 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494 is how you join the show here. But, you know, off of Zach Wheeler, and Zach Wheeler, obviously, as we just talked about a couple minutes ago, with the uh, poor outing in his first spring training game, on Sunday, but I wanted to ask you, as we head into this Philly season, I want one player who you're most concerned about falling off and one player who you're most confident in ascending. Because I look at it, and the one guy I'm I'm worried about, and to a degree falling off, as I said, not worried about Wheeler. I'm not worried about Aaron Nola. Like, I think these guys will be all right. You know, they'll be okay as the season goes along here. But the one guy that I'd be worried about falling off is a Jose Alvarado, who's going to play an important role in this bullpen this year. Like, Jose Alvarado, the Phillies are going to need. He was critical to their success last year. 
and became the most reliable guy in their bullpen, uh, him along with Sir Anthony Dominguez. Um, and you would hope Alvarado can provide the same thing. But as you look back at his career and you look at his track record, that would indicate that he's far more likely to regress a little bit this year. And while the Phillies, I do think, are better suited to account for that, um, it would be a, a, a blow. Like, they add Gregory Soto. That'll help, obviously. Uh, I think Connor Brogdon is a guy who you're really looking at taking an increased role. Craig Kimbrell, who made his debut uh, in this game, he he pitched a scoreless inning but did give up a couple hits. Um, they're They're well-suited. They're deeper in the bullpen, rather. But Alvarado, uh, you know, I think is a guy who you'd worry about regressing a little bit. So that wouldn't be my guy who you're worried about, who I'd be worried about falling off. But the guy I'm most confident in ascending, uh, and he, he hit a big home run yesterday, is Alec Bohm. And if you want to get in 215-592-9494, 215-592-9494, player you're most worried about for the Phillies falling off this year, who was successful last year, and player you're most confident in ascending uh, and improving on what they did last year. Because to me, Alec Bohm has the potential to be a massive difference maker. Like, I thought the strides that he took late last season showed what kind of potential he really has. First off, I thought defensively, does he still have issues? Sure. But he was much more reliable toward the end of the season than he was earlier on. Like you uh, in the postseason, I trusted Alec Bohm over at third base, and that was not something I would have said earlier on in the year. He was very reliable toward the end of the year, specifically in that Cardinal series. Made a couple big plays at third, and at the plate, he became a really reliable hitter. He became a guy you really felt good about when he came up. And I look at Bohm now, and he's hit a couple home runs already this spring, and if he can add power. That's a difference. That that's a game changer for this lineup because you're talking about being without Bryce Harper for the first half of the season. That's obviously a massive blow. Like you're going to need to replace that power somewhere. And we could talk about the bounce back year from Castellanos and you know Hoskins and Schwarber and these guys kind of carrying the load. But the Phillies, the way I see it, they are going to need one of these young guys, whether it's Bryson Stott, Brandon Marsh, or Alec Bohm, to step up. Like, that's what they're going to need. If they really want to win the division and not just sneak into the playoffs as a final wild card team, they're going to need one of those guys to step up in a big way offensively. And I'm really starting to believe in Alec Bohm. Um, Not just because of what he's done this spring. As I said, I don't think you can take a ton from these games. But what we saw late last season, I just saw a more confident player in every way. I saw a more relaxed player in every way. And, you know, if he can use both fields and really add that power element that would be a massive factor. And I want to know, which Philly are you most worried about falling off from what they did last year and most confident in ascending? Mine are Jose Alvarado and Alec Bohm. Concerned about Alvarado maybe falling back to earth. Alec Bohm, though, man, I feel good about him taking a step forward, and that would be big for this offense. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. And I'll ask my producer, Nick Coppola, Nick, do you have a player who you'd be worried about falling off from what they did last year and another one who you're confident in, you know, being better than they were last year? For the Somebody who I think I'm nervous about falling off from what they did last year is, I don't mean to follow in your footsteps, Tom, but mine's definitely Jose Alvarado. He got sent down to the minors, he got brought back up, and he was he was just flat out elite for the last 
second half of the uh, season. He was exceptional in the playoffs, obviously, in the World Series. He gave up you know, the monstrous home run. But a player that I think is going to take a massive leap forward is Bryson Stott. I, I think he's in a new role. I know that some people are skeptical about bringing in Turner, moving him over to second, or are they saying this is the start of another uh, Scott Kingery disaster? But no, I don't think so. I think that Bryson Stott will come into his own, and I really think he'll show us the player that he really is this year. Yeah, and I mean, that would be huge. If Bryson Stott could take that step, um, that would be a, a, a massive leap forward. And I think, you know, that that's a good point. And with Bryson Stott... You look at and, and I don't think he's not he's obviously not going to be the kind of guy who's going to increase his power that much. But as a nine hole hitter, which I think is where he's best suited to hit, that's a big spot in the lineup. And you know, Bryson Stott, I thought last year in the in the playoffs, one of the more underrated things was the at bats that he was given and just the way he was making pitchers work. And we talk so much about that game three against Atlanta and Reese Hoskins going deep and hitting that home run, the bat spike, that whole inning was started by Bryson Stott working a graded bat against Spencer Strider, tiring him out, lacing a double down the line, and that was kind of the impetus for that whole inning. So I think that's a good one, Nick, and I think Bryson Stott's got the potential uh, to really step forward, and it'll be interesting to see what he does uh, playing every day. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Philly player you most worried about falling off from what they did last year. Another one you're most confident in ascending. We'd love to get that from you. Also, athletic sports families off of John Jones return to the UFC last night after three years away. Two minutes, easy submission. Uh, two brothers in the NFL. Chandler Jones, one of the best uh, pass rushers in the league. So I want your most athletic family uh, and also Sixers. Um, and whether you feel more confident in them competing with the Bucks and the Celtics after their win last night, you're welcome to get in on any of those things. 215-592-9494. And when we get back, I need to play for you some some newly released audio. I don't know if it was newly released or, or just came about on social media in the last couple of days. But from Jalen Hurts' interview with the Eagles at the Combine, and this stuff is fascinating, and makes me feel even more that what the Eagles did at the time, obviously they didn't turn out this way, but at the time, drafting Jalen Hurts was a horrible mistake for the Eagles. Luckily for them, it turned out well. We'll get to that coming up next. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Sunday night. If you want to get in, 215 592 Nine four nine four. Once your uh, Phillies, you're worried about a uh, Philly. You're worried about falling off from last year. Another Philly, you're confident in taking a significant step up. Uh, the guy I'm worried about taking a step back is Jose Alvarado. Uh, I just think when you look at his track record uh, of his career, you know it. It the the evidence would tell you that last year was the aberration. But hey, I mean he had that stint in the minor leagues. You hope that's something that he can build upon moving forward. Uh, developed another pitch, and you, whoa, sorry, I hit my microphone there. But you hope he can uh, really keep that momentum moving forward because a critical part of this bullpen, and, and, I mean, if you get what you got last year from Alvarado and Dominguez, and you add Soto, you add Kimbrell, man, this this bullpen's going to be really dynamic. So he's the guy I would worry about falling off, though, not worried about Zach Wheeler and his uh, lackluster start. And also, a Philly you're confident in taking a step forward because mine's Alec Bohm. 
And, you know, he hits a home run yesterday uh, and really started toward the end of last year. I thought just started playing with a lot more confidence, you know, and, and was a guy you could really be feel good about coming to the plate. You felt good about him getting big hits, uh, putting good swings on the ball, and looked much more like the Alec Boehm, who he was when he originally came up in the pandemic-shortened season, uh, than he was last year. So uh, looking forward to hopefully a step forward for Alec Boehm this year. So if you want to get on that, you're welcome to. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Shy in uh, Cherry Hill. What's up, Shy? What's up, Tom? How you doing? Good, man. How are you? Um, I'm going to agree with you. I am pretty worried about uh, what's-his-face. Oh my, I'm blanking. I'm sorry. Alvarado or Painter? I'll, I'm pretty worried about Alvarado, and I'm pretty worried about Painter. I, this injury that he had is not not something you really want to start your career with, especially as a top prospect in the MLB. I hope it's not a a, a reoccurring theme in the future, of course. But um, someone I'm really excited for is, I think, I think someone like Schwarber is going to have a season like he did last year again. I think he really fit into Philly. I think he's like the key example of what a leader in this city really is, especially for a young team like this. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be a huge thing, Shy, And I, I do think, you know, with Painter, the, you, you don't want elbow problems, obviously, after his first start. It just it really feels like an ominous sign. Yeah. But uh, someone else I'm excited for, or not excited for, is I hope Castellanos doesn't have a season like he did last year. Where he's swinging at low and away pitches, or he's not swinging at all. I'm a little worried. I hope last year was just a year where he's like just getting the skill for things really kind of setting into the city, but I mean, I'm a little afraid. I'm a little afraid. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. And I appreciate the call. And yeah, I mean, it goes without saying like Nick Castellanos is going to be a huge, is going to be a huge factor for this team. And this is why, like, I don't, as crazy as it is, I feel like we're not talking nearly enough about the fact that this team's going to be without Bryce Harper for the first half of the year. Like it's a pretty damn big deal. Like, do I think they can overcome it? Yeah, I think they can overcome it to get to the playoffs. But, like, I posed the question when I was hosting the evening show last week, is this team more likely to win the NL East or miss the playoffs? And I think it's far more likely that they miss the playoffs because of the fact that you don't have that MVP for the first half of the year. And, like, I think when we look at this team, we're counting on a lot of things to go right for them. Like, we're counting on Nick Castellanos to bounce back, and I think many people are counting on Castellanos to bounce back as if it's just going to happen. And I would say, when you look at the track record, when you look at, you know, the history, it's probably likely Nick Castellanos bounce back. But Nick, I mean, it's not – it's certainly not a certainty. I mean, depending – looking at the way he played last year, it's not a certainty Nick Castellanos bounces back and was the guy he was in Cincinnati. Come on, Tom. Did you see his hype video? Wait, what are you talking? He did a hype video? <laughs> yeah. He basically, it was like a video of him like taping his bat and everybody's like, oh, he's back. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't, I don't think he'll ever be that player he was in Cincinnati. And I hate to say that. I really do. I know he had a lot going on last year, but this is just something that I think is going to stick around with this team. I want to see him turn it around. I don't want this contract of his to turn into the worst of Dombrowski's tenure while while he's here. Because, Tom, as of right now, you can basically make that argument. 
and it's sad, it's bad, and it's scary. But I think he has a chance to turn around. I think he's, I'll put it this way, I think he's more likely to turn around than not. Yeah, and I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And I, I, I think, you know, there's certainly a, a decent chance of it. I just think when we're when, when we're looking at it, like, he better turn it around. Like, if Nick Castellanos isn't anywhere near the guy that he was in Cincinnati, his team's in deep trouble. Because there's, a, like, when you don't have Bryce Harper, obviously, and this isn't breaking any news here, it's a massive void in your lineup. And it's something that, you know, is going to be difficult to deal with. Um, but, yeah, I think that's a, a massive factor. And I think... You know, the Eagle or the Phillies, they need a lot to go right. And one of those things they need to go right is they need Nick Castellanos to, to have a big, big-time year uh, in his second year with the Phillies. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Also, if you want to get on the Sixers uh, and their win against the Bucks, does that make you feel like they can beat the Bucks or the Celtics in a playoff series? Most athletic families as well off of John Jones' big win against um, in the UFC last night after three years away. Uh, brothers in the NFL as well. So if you want to get on either of those things, you're welcome to. 215-592-9494. But I needed to get to a sound that I saw circulating this weekend. I don't know if this was newly released stuff or you know stuff that had been around that I just came across here. I think the Eagles put it out. The yeah. Eagles put this out. Okay. Well, this was Jalen Hurts... Uh, combine interview, and we took a couple uh, a couple pieces from it that I wanted to let you hear. And first off, here was Hertz. He was asked about you know his his journey from Alabama to Oklahoma uh, and how that all went down after uh, you know leaving Alabama to go to, to go to OU. So I get my degree, um, and, you know, off to Oklahoma. Uh, I went there not to win any personal award achievements or. Nothing like that, but I, I want to win Coach Riley a national championship. You know, being a guy that's been there, been 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 in that in that game three years in a row. Uh, I didn't care what the school was. I want to win the national championship, and we came up short. So um, I think I'm hungry. So that was basically Jalen saying how hungry he was to go back and, and win a championship, and how badly he he just wanted to get to that level after coming so close at Alabama. And winning one, but not winning one that he was out on the field for. Obviously, Tua replaced him in the championship game. Um, but this next one is just unbelievable to me. And I want to get people's takes on this when you hear it. Because, you know, obviously, the big issue when Jalen was drafted here was, or one of the things that was at least perceived, and, and I think, you know, you don't need to jump through, through a bunch of hoops to, to conclude this was true, was that players gravitated to him much more than they gravitated to Carson Wentz during his rookie year. And the fact that the Eagles couldn't foresee this uh, is really astonishing considering this this quote. But here was Jalen when asked uh, by a member of the Eagles coaching staff, uh, should we draft you? Why should we draft you? Coach, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a difference maker. I'm a dog. Um, you know, I, I've, I've been able to kind of – Submit myself in two prestigious programs. I think I've been able to allow. I think people have found a way in both places to follow me, um, and I'm not going in this deal, going in these places, saying, "Hey, come on, y'all gotta follow me," or you know, that's earned, that's not given. 
Um, and, and people leave because their peers let them. I don't know if for some odd reason people follow me everywhere I've been. Um, I, I can make every throw, um, make every play. Um, you know, it's I, I don't put a ceiling on, on how good I can be. You know, I, I think that I, I can't say the sky's the limit because I mean, uh, I, I think I have that much, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm confident in that. Um, so uh, I'm a student. You know, I want to learn. Um, I just want to maximize all of this I have so I can be the best I can be and um, be an asset to some people, um, an organization, and you know, impact the people around me, bring some people with me. And I'll tell you what, man, it is insane. After seeing how everything played out in Philadelphia, with Jalen, with Carson, listening to that back, and, and the Eagles actually believing that this wouldn't be an issue. And if you want to get in, 215-592-9494, 215-592-9494. But what do you think like the Eagles' end goal was when they drafted Jalen Hurts? Because I know they say now, that, oh, well, we saw immense potential in him, and that's why that's why we picked him, and we thought he had that potential to be a starting quarterback and a difference maker. I don't buy that for a second. And I'm a big Howie Roseman fan. I'm a big Jeffrey Lurie fan. Um, I don't think they're telling the truth on this one. I'll just be honest with you. Like, I think this was honestly a monumental mistake by the Eagles at the time that worked out very, very well. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Because somehow, I think they, I, the thinking behind drafting Jalen Hurts in my mind was I think they heard those qualities. And I think they believed that this would rub off on Carson Wentz. Like, I think they drafted Jalen in large part to help teach Carson how to lead without understanding the fact that no, people gravitate to this guy. And and Jalen, I don't know if we've ever seen it. With a player like we've seen with Jalen Hurts, where guys just follow him. And like he said, he said it right there. He's like, I don't know what it is, but there's something about it wherever I've gone, you know, people 
let me lead them. Like, they allow me to lead them for whatever reason they, they choose to follow me. And the fact that the Eagles didn't see this, when they had Carson Wentz, a quarterback who was, and we can see, looking back, very fragile, like we can see not a leader, it's incredible to me that the Eagles really thought this wasn't going to be an issue, and I think they handicapped it wrong. Like, And I want your theories behind the Jay Lawrence pick, looking back in retrospect, after hearing that kind of comment. Because to me, I think they believed that Jalen would help teach Carson how to lead, that Jalen would be good for Carson in the quarterback room, and that just shows how little they really knew about Carson Wentz and how much they overvalued him, not from a physical perspective, but from a mental perspective. Like, they overvalued Carson's confidence level. They thought he was much more confident than he was in his abilities and his, you know, standing within the organization. But I don't believe for a second that the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts to eventually be the starting quarterback here. I never will. I think they drafted him to be a backup, and I think they believe that he would help fill that leadership void because that offseason, you know, remember a big part of the story uh, behind letting Malcolm Jenkins go was that, in part, they let Malcolm go because they wanted Carson to be the leader. Like, they wanted Carson to take more leadership of the team. I think they probably knew that Carson, you know, isn't a natural leader. And I think they brought Jalen in thinking, okay, well, this this guy is obviously a, 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 a natural-born leader. This is a guy who players follow. This is a guy who has had success leading men at multiple different programs. And I think they believed he was going to be good for Carson. And I just think in retrospect, it's an unbelievably huge mistake that just turned into a, a very good outcome for the Eagles. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Nick in Deptford. What's up, Nick? Hey, what's going on, man? How's it going? Good, man. Big fan of the show, by the way. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. No problem. Um, as far as the Jalen Hurts uh Pick, man, I, I think I think Howie just got insanely lucky. If I'm being honest with you, I think at the time that we drafted Jalen, uh, just my opinion, I think they had, you know, a long shot vision that maybe he could be the guy. But I think they were probably going to use him similar uh, before they, you know, everybody knew he would be this good. I think the original plan was probably like a Taysom Hill type of role when he was with Drew Brees. Um, I think, you know, they obviously saw Jalen could run. Uh, he had, you know, a pretty decent arm at the time, you know, maybe average at best uh, when they first drafted him. Uh, but I, I think personally they just got insanely lucky as far as uh, drafting him in the second round and him panning out the way he did. Uh, because, you know, honestly, I don't think anybody thought he would ever be this good. I think people and myself thought that there was a, a fair chance because he's an insanely hard worker and he has all the tools as far as physically. Um, and mentally, I think, for sure. But I think it was a, a definitely a, a lucky, lucky pick on, on Howie Roseman's part. And I think, you know, he was probably going to try and use the role as far as, you know, using him like a Taysom Hill. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think that that was probably, you know, somewhat of the of the outlook, Nick. Like, I think part of it was I think they wanted a cost-effective backup, like a guy who would be here and, and, and could step in and win a couple games if they needed him to. Yeah, but, and, 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 yeah, maybe play a little bit uh, throughout the course of, of games with Carson in there. But, like, now, like, I, I think it's kind of funny that they're saying, 
oh, well, we saw this potential in him. That's why we picked him. I just don't believe that for a yeah, second. Yeah, it's easy to say that now, right? I mean, you know, it, it turned out to be a, a, a slam dunk, grand slam of a pick. But I find it hard to believe that at the time that they drafted him, that they really, you know, thought that, okay, this is a 10, 12-year franchise quarterback and he's going to be, you know, a potential top five, top seven quarterback, which he probably already is in my eyes. Um, I think it was an insanely lucky pick. And, hey, you know, I'm a diehard Eagles fan, so I'm thrilled that it turned out the way it did. But I do find it hard to believe that, you know, at the time they drafted him in the second round that, I, you know, I think it was, I think it was more of a, a wasted pick, kind of, like you said, because at the time the only thing I could really see Jalen Hurts being for the Eagles was a Taysom Hill-type player. And it turns out that he's, you know, 25 times that, which is phenomenal. So, I mean, I think we got insanely lucky. I think you're exactly right with your opinion on it. And, you know, I, I think also they looked at it like, okay, we have a pretty cheap backup who is athletic, who can throw, who can run, keeps the offense interesting as a backup. So, yeah, I think you nailed it, man. Big fan yeah. of the show, and thank you for the call, man. Thanks, appreciate Nick. It. Yeah, I really appreciate it, man. Thanks for the thanks for the kind words. And, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. I just think – and it's, it's just – Nick, how funny is it listening to that quote back and just thinking about how things transpired? Like, how did the Eagles not see this coming? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I'm after, like, hearing that and hearing what he had to say and his, like, interview and his mindset and, like, the, just, like, the type of person he is – and I'm not like an NFL executive, obviously, by any means, but it's like, how did they not draft him in the first round? How do you not get excited to have this type of person in your locker room? How did you not expect this to turn in a, into a tornado of a fight with your, with your quote-unquote franchise quarterback, good old number 11? How do you not expect that? Well, yeah, and I, I think you make a good point in there, too, in terms of like, how did all these other teams miss it? Like, and I understand a lot of it, most of it, comes down to physical skills and physical attributes. But like, there's no doubt, fifteen other teams interviewed Jalen, and he probably told them the exact same thing. And all these teams said, "Ah, now we're good. Like, we don't, we don't believe in this guy." I mean, it's it's one of the all time luckiest picks ever, and I do think they deserve some credit. Like, and, and hey. I will give Howie credit whenever I can. I like to think I'm one of the biggest Howie Rosen fans in the city. I was one of the only people, I would say, that stuck with Howie even when everybody wanted him gone. But, I mean, this was not – this was majority luck. Like, the Eagles deserve credit for making the pick. Uh, It was certainly not an easy uh, decision at the time. Uh, But with what they envisioned, because I do not think they envisioned Jalen eventually taking this job, um, yeah, it was luck because – they handicapped the situation very wrong. Like they they really uh, overestimated Carson and uh, underestimated Jalen's ability to lead. And kind of unbelievable after hearing that comment that they would do the, do something like that. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. If you want to get in, two one five five nine two nine four nine four. What's your take on that Jalen Hurts audio? Uh, and when we get back, we'll talk a little bit a bit about Jalen's contract and the one factor that I don't think we're talking enough about in terms of Jalen's contract, which makes it, uh, I think, increasingly likely that he gets signed this offseason as opposed to the Eagles letting this linger. That's coming up next. I'm Tom Kelly with you till 11. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you till 11 tonight. I think we got Jolly tonight, so Jolly coming at you at 11. Uh, If you want to get into 15592, 
9494 is how you join the show. One of the things we were discussing earlier is a Philly who you're most confident in ascending this year, outperforming what they did last year, and a Philly you're most worried about falling off uh, from what they did last year, declining a little bit this year. Um, mine was Jose Alvarado and uh, Alec Bohm, but uh, obviously a, a popular pick to bounce back this year is Nick Castellanos, and we were talking about his hype video, and Nick sent me his hype video during the break. And I have no confidence in Nick Castellanos now. Like, it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. He yeah, just, the uh, comment is, it's a deep drive. That's Well, that's, that's pretty funny. Yeah, that's what his caption is. In the past, he hasn't leaned into that joke. No. Because that's his big thing is he, he always hits uh, home runs during, you know, horrible things. Horrible things. Yeah. yeah. The Tom Brenneman thing. Uh, and then, you know, during an announcement, I think of some somebody had passed away or something like that, but... Yeah, Nick Castellanos uh, leaning into that. But, uh, yeah, the hype video, I'll say that was pretty lame. Uh, 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Also, what are your thoughts after hearing that Jalen Hurts combine audio? And I thought it was, honestly, pretty funny. Uh, seeing how everything transpired with him and Carson Wentz, um, for the Eagles not to be able to see this coming, that this was going to be a huge, a huge disaster, is really incredible. Because I don't think for a second they drafted Jalen to be the starting quarterback here. I think they drafted him because, I mean, I think they handled this completely wrong. Like, I think they believe not only would Jalen not be an issue for Carson, I thought they th- I think they thought Jalen would be good for Carson. I think they thought this guy will teach him how to lead. I don't think they viewed him as a threat. I don't think they viewed him as a, a serious uh, candidate to be the starting quarterback. Um, I think they just thought Carson's 10 times better than him physically. And, you know, maybe Jalen and some of the leadership capabilities will rub off on Carson. Not really the way it works at that position. Like, you have a guy you guys want to lead, they're going to follow that guy. And Jalen Hurts, I don't know what it is about him, but he has that it factor that very few guys have. And the Eagles are very fortunate with the way this turned out, even though I think at the time, it was a pretty huge mistake. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Let's go to Rob. What's up, Rob? Hey, Rob. Hey, Tom. How you doing tonight? Good. How are you? Good. Good. I was calling to take a take on, uh, you know, Hurts being drafted in the second round and whether or not you know the Eagles knew what they were doing. Um, I agree with a lot of your points, but I just want to point out that I think. You know, they had an inkling that Carson Wentz um, may have not been a long-term quarterback at that point due to injury, um, being inconsistent. And, you know, Jackson Hurts in the second round um, was pretty early since, you know, a lot of people were looking at him going to the third quarter. Yeah, I think that's accurate, Rob. I think they viewed him as a, a competent backup who they could have under their control and develop. And I think they thought maybe like in three years, if things don't go well with Carson, maybe this guy will have a shot. But there's no way that they thought, you know, that first year was probably the locker room away from Carson. Yeah, I can't argue that point because, again, I think it was an insurance policy. But I think they saw, like I said, can he be developing a starting quarterback? Possibly. But I think really it was their lack of faith in Carson Wentz that had them draft quarterback in the second round due to, you know, injury prone and maybe locker room issues that us as fans didn't see. 
Yeah, I think that's fair, Rob, and I, I appreciate the call. But I part of that I don't agree with, though, because I honestly, and I'd love to get people's takes on this, but I still don't think after 2019, I don't think the Eagles were doubting Carson. Like, I really don't. Like, even after the, the Seattle game, and he gets a concussion against Clowney uh, or, or on the Clowney hit, I don't think the Eagles came away from that, you know, really worried about Carson long-term. I, I think they fully believed he was going to be the guy moving forward, and I don't think they had, you know, many, many questions uh, about that because he did largely stay healthy that year. Like, he, he was not injured throughout the course of that season. Obviously, took the unfortunate hit in that game, um, and for whatever reason, was never the same after that. But I I, I think Jalen was was more of a, of a pick, as, as the last caller said, as kind of an insurance policy. You know, a guy who would come in and start a couple games. Maybe you develop, I think, more than anything. I think the Eagles were looking to develop Jalen – uh, to trade him down the line, that maybe he'd be a guy that if Carson did get hurt a game or two, he comes in, steps in, plays well, and they can flip him for something down the line. But I don't think it was a, a situation where they envisioned this happening. And it's just crazy how sometimes you can make mistakes that turn out really well for you. And it, it's it's just it's amazing. With teams who search for years, I mean, you have franchises in the NFL who for years upon years upon years are searching for a franchise quarterback. I mean, look at like the Cleveland Browns or look at like the Detroit Lions and they'll do anything. And they take all these different, all these different swings and they'll go through free agency. Look at Washington, you know, go through free agency, go through the draft, draft quarterbacks high, draft quarterbacks in the mid rounds, um, you know, and they'll do all these different things, find a quarterback. And they just can't do it. And then the Eagles basically luck into one of the best in the league. Sometimes you do need to be lucky. Normally it doesn't happen like this. But, yeah, I think the Jalen Hurts situation, the way this has all turned out for the Eagles, I don't think this was skill. I think this was luck. And, uh, you know, it's worked out pretty pretty damn well for them. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. But I did want to get to, you know, Jalen and his contract here because – I think, you know, there are a few things we're not factoring in. First, here was Howie Rosen talking about Jalen this offseason and uh, the prospect of paying him moving forward. You want me to get sentimental about how it was before we pay our quarterback? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I think, you know, it's the nature of the business. I think the the better thing is when you have a quarterback that's good enough that you want to pay him and that um, he's got a chance to be a great player, show him what kind of player he's going to be. And um, if you don't have a quarterback, you're searching for one. And you can't win in this league without – a great quarterback who plays at a high level. We saw how Jalen played in the Super Bowl in the biggest stage, and um, that's exciting for our team, for our fans, um, for all of us. And, you know, the Eagles know they're going to need to to make some changes on the roster now in order to accommodate Jalen's contract. Here was more from Howie uh, on Jalen and the contract moving forward. Yeah, I wouldn't feel comfortable talking about contract situations with anyone, Elliot. I think you know that. Um, you know, at the same time, um, tremendous respect for him as a player, as a person, tremendous respect for the people uh, that work with him to do this. And um, you go through it in a way that you, you want to find a win-win solution. You want to find something that he feels really good about and at the same time that we feel good about. And 
um, because and surround him with good players. And um, he knows that. I mean, he's a smart guy. He understands that. And um, that doesn't mean that uh, it's not going to be a tremendous contract for him because he deserves that too. And Jalen Hurts does deserve it. Like, one of the things that I've heard this week that I think is ridiculous is the prospect of or the idea that Jalen should take less uh, in order to benefit the Eagles. No, like Jalen should get what he can get, uh, get the most he can get. This is his chance to cash in. Um, And, you know, I I trust that Howie will structure the contract in a way where Jalen gets what he deserves, but it also doesn't crush the roster. But I also think it's it's imperative this thing gets done this offseason here. Because one thing that I don't think we're factoring in as much – with Jalen as opposed to some of the other quarterbacks in his position right now is the fact that he wasn't a first-round pick. Because that's a huge factor. Because you look at the other guys in his draft class who are up for contracts right now. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, these kind of guys, they have that fifth-year option that comes with being a first-round pick. Jalen doesn't have that fifth-year option. And as an organization, I think one of the things that, that you avoid at all costs, or you look to avoid at all costs, is using the franchise tag, especially on a quarterback. You don't want to get in a situation where year after year, you know, you're franchising guy. Washington did it for years with Kirk Cousins. You know, you don't want to get in that sort of situation. It's kind of a fail-safe. It's it's something that you use if, you know, all other uh, aspect, all other negotiations kind of come to a head and you can't get something done. You have no other options. But you don't want to use that franchise tag. Uh, it's the last thing you want to do. And I think Jalen, without having that fifth-year option, I think it puts a little extra pressure on the Eagles here to get this thing done this offseason. I think they need to get it done this offseason. And I'll ask you, I mean, obviously we all want Jalen signed, but do you think they need to get this contract done this offseason? I do. I think you need to have this kind of certainty moving forward. You don't want this hovering over your head. I think they'll figure it out. I think Howie will get it done because I think he understands the importance of it. But... Uh, that is an aspect of these negotiations that I don't think we're talking about enough. Is Jalen not being a first-round pick, uh, doesn't have that fifth-year option, and I think that adds to it and why the Eagles need to get it done now. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. When we get back, we'll reset all the things we're talking about tonight, and also we'll touch on the Flyers as they actually had an interesting week this week, something you can't say uh, many times. Not for great reasons, but uh, we'll get to that when we return. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.